Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. How are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty swell. Excellent. Swell is fantastic. Yeah. I've got a... Uh, this may come as a shock to you, but I have a story for you tonight. Does that surprise you? A little bit. I didn't know what we were doing tonight, so I don't know. <laughs> I okay, guess. So yeah, what we're going to do, do is I'm going to tell you a story. Now, this story might be a little shorter than we're used to. We'll see how it goes. And if it does, in case, if it does end up being a little bit shorter... We'll just call it a slight fright. If it's a little shorter, that's what I'm going to call that. It's oh, a, little, a slight fright. A All slight right. fright, just in case. And I figure, not a bad term, because there's a lot of spooky stories we've come across. And some maybe, you know, are bizarre and wacky and cool. But sometimes, you know, they're, you know, some stories have a lot to them. Others are cool, but they don't have as much. You know what I mean? But we'll see how oh, it goes. Oh, I know what you mean. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to start from, uh, from the Kent County Parks, Michigan website. What follows is the description of a beautiful place with its rolling hills and valleys. Seedman Park, or Seidman, I think it's Seedman. We'll stick with Seedman. And if I'm wrong, just send me an email and yell at me, anyone who's frustrated by this pronunciation. Seedman Park invites visitors to explore more than 400 acres of woods, fields, and wetlands. Interconnected loops of natural surface trails total nearly five miles in length, offering a variety of hiking experiences. Two parking lots with seasonal restrooms provide access to the north and south regions of the trail network. Additionally, visitors can reach Seedman via Ada Township's paved multi-use trail, which runs along the north and south borders of the park. Seems kind of nice. Just a nice little park, you know. Just, you know Sounds nice. In the woods, yeah. Michigan, doing West Michigan. Um, Ada's just around the Grand Rapids area of West Michigan. Um, nice. Now, don't believe... Yeah, right, exactly. Um, from our location, it's only like three hours away. So, you know, we like to around explore. Yeah. Just tossing that out there, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the website is, of course, about the park, so it might be a little biased. But if you don't believe the website... Let's hear some park goers. How do they feel about this place? Looked up some reviews of a park. Pretty exciting stuff right now. I know you're riveted to buy this. This is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, this yeah. is 
edge of your seat suspense here. Uh, Scott Jacobson said, Siteman is fantastic, but somewhat of a smaller park. Not the best park for letting your dogs run. It's kind of frowned upon. Fantastic was all in quotes, by the way, so he's a huge fan. I should have heard, Siteman is fantastic. But again, not the best park for letting your dogs run. It's kind of a frowned upon bit, as long as on a leash, all good. I will tell you this, if you go after a good rain, it does get muddy. The trails are well marked, and there is a couple, maybe three to four different loops. There are two parking lots, so usually pretty good parking. Great little park. Close to Grand Rapids. Now, uh, Nathan Verbeek thinks it's a very beautiful park that I wish we knew existed much earlier. Plenty of trails, peaceful, and a nice river to top it off. Definitely will return next summer. And then last review... Craig Nielsen states, quote, walking through the woods and over the babbling brook on a cool evening with friends is quite refreshing, especially during these times of the pandemic. We walked 3.5 miles, but there are longer and shorter trails. So these are all very recent reviews. That last one was from two weeks ago to this very date. Very recent. The, Park's the pandemic kind of gave it away. Yeah, within at least, yeah, but like not even like, you know. <laughs> Within a year. It's been a year now since that's been going on. Great. <sighs> yeah. Cool. Fun. Sorry, it's got a... I had a whole year just <laughs> race across my mind. I was like, awesome. What a good thing that was and is, because it's not done. Anyways. Yeah. Seems like a good park, yeah? You know, again, welcoming, friendly. You know, wouldn't mind going for a nice walk there, yeah? Sounds like it. Sounds great. I like a babbling brook. It's a good walk in the park. Yeah, that sounds good, right? Hell yeah. Go for a walk in a park by a babbling brook. Cool with that. Well, your miles may vary, but do you know what isn't considered a walk in the park? Divorce! Sure. Oh, huh. Yeah, a little little different. Not quite as fun as the park. Uh, just some quick little uh, little divorce stats. Um the uh okay <laughs> sure all right <laughs> yeah all right sure just you know let's see okay bear with me here for just a second all right currently the divorce rate per 1000 married women is 16.9% many experts feel that this is a much more accurate measure of true divorce rate uh the divorce rate per 1000 married women is nearly double that of 1960 but down from the all-time high of 22.6% in the early 1980s. Um, we talked about a pandemic. I mean, this is, I guess, you know, glass is half full, glass half empty. Almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. That's just half, though. 50%? It's fine. Oh, okay. About 50%. Yeah. I guess that's uh, fine. 60%. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is, I mean, it is what it is. It works out for people. They're happy about it. Um, I assume yeah. some. At least half of all people, in, you know, well, let's just, anyways. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Half are, <laughs> half are content. Half of all people of each relationship, or if mutual, you know. I just liked how this website decided to just kind of rail this home. Uh, 60% researchers estimate that 41% of all first marriages end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. 73% of all third marriages end in divorce. The United States Wait, it goes has the up. 
it, yeah, well, let's say if you're on like your third marriage, the chances get worse for it to staying together, which I don't know if I like that at all. But I mean, you know, I'm sure the math people. I mean, just doesn't make sense. I mean, I've never been married, but it doesn't make sense no. from my perspective. You'd be like, well, the first time I messed up. The second time, probably got it right. Third time, definitely got it right. But and then, like, ah, know, it seems to be the opposite. I don't know, though. What it, do I it's know? a little, I mean, it's a little, it's a, it's a wild thing. It's a wild thing. Um, the United States has the sixth highest divorce rate in the world. Who are the other countries above? Huh? Doesn't matter. Didn't look it up. Who cares? Every 13 seconds, there is one <laughs> divorce in America. Uh, again, I kept this in here because I was reading this, and this just fucking escalates. So bear with me. Every 13 seconds, there is one divorce in America. That equates this to is 200. And... It is. <laughs> yeah, right. Every 13 seconds. Why'd they choose that? Keeping it weird and feared, baby. Yeah. That equates to 277 divorces per hour, 6,646, not 6,000, you know, not all three sixes there. We didn't do that. Not the cool number? Divorces per day, 46,523 divorces per week, and 2,419,196 divorces per year. That means there are nine divorces in the time it takes for a couple to recite their wedding vows, and over a 40-year period... 67% 67% of first marriages terminate. It's a lot of positive stats here. Again, glass half full, glass half empty. That's all right. Let's see. The average, the, the 15% of adult women in the United States are divorced or separated today, compared with less than 1% in 1920. Yeah, things changed, right? It's a little bit of a different era. The uh, yeah. average first marriage that ends in divorce lasts about eight years. But yeah, this is a different time. A lot of things have changed since then and now. And then, um, mm-hmm. also, I, I kept this little stat in here because I figured you would be curious. The five professions with the highest divorce rate. That's a fun little guessing game, mystery. So, you know, I'm sure people have been wondering on the edge of their seat about what the uh, five professions with the highest divorce rate are. I want to take uh, a stab at that. Yeah, you want to take a stab at that? You want to guess some? I'm going to throw be- five and see how many I get right. Okay, sure. Go. Let's just Lawyer, do it. Let's wing it. Police officer. Okay. Doctor. Okay. Uh, dentist. They just okay. commit suicide a lot, but I'm gonna throw them in there too. Um, <laughs> that would end it. <laughs> and accountants. Man, so you pick professions that like makes sense, but maybe I don't. But these these are the top five. The number, the first one. Uh, I didn't get a single one. No, the first one. Oh, is dancers. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the second, the second one, are bartenders. Okay. And then it goes to massage therapists. Okay. And then it goes to gaming cage workers and gaming service workers, which those are like people who work at a casino, right? Yeah, that's that's a little bit more obscure. The first few you got me on because I'm like, okay, well that makes more sense. There's a lot of those. Sure. And I aimed at like slimmer, high right. kind of things. Yeah. Well, and there was um because I didn't. I mean, I just threw some at you. There was a lot of weird obscure stats for this on this um this one website, which I believe I wrote it down in here. Yeah. Uh, Wf slash lawyers dot com divorce statistics. But there's a lot. There's a lot of them. 
but a lot of weird facts about different monies and different things about relates to relationships sticking together. Because, I mean, I'm talking about all these things and I'm having a little little zany, unexpected fun here because just, um, you know, relationships, how things go, marriages. Um, so since I told you the highest divorce rate professions, how about the uh, five professions with the lowest divorce rate? Do you want to take a crack at those guys? Just throw some out there just to hmm. see. Okay. Uh, yeah. Lowest divorce rate. Uh-huh. I'm going to throw lawyers back into that ballpark. Sure. We'll keep it. Sure. Because that seems like it makes sense, too. Sure. Everything would be the most or the least, I would think. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. Just repeat my first list and see if I get any right. Okay. Um, kind of. Close. Sort of. Closer? Um, All right. <laughs> sure. Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, well, um, farmers, uh, podiatrists, um, so doctors. Counting that as doctors. Yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, clergy. Um, and then optometrists. I count that because you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, teeth doctors. That's eye doctor. They're face doctors. That's fine. Yeah, it's all in the face. So doctor, yeah. right, right. And then agricultural yeah. engineers. I just like that specific. It's ground job doctors. Profession. Yeah, ground so. doctors. Exactly. They're <laughs> yeah, ground. It's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was the other ones? We can make these uh, doctors too. Uh, well, clergy, that's just a religion. That's a God doctor. That's spiritual doctors. <laughs> spiritual. And farmers, I mean, that's that's a growing doctor. More right? ground doctors. Yeah, just more ground doctors. A different, yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nailed it. Uh, if you know anything, you're a doctor. <laughs> you're just a doctor of what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's perfect. It's fine. I mean, I've been telling people that for years. I mean, I love it. It's good. Keep with it. Stick with it. Um. Now, the average age for couples going through their first divorce is 30 years old. 60% of all divorces involve individuals aged 25 to 39. Now, wives are the ones who most often file for divorce at 66% on average. That figure has soared to nearly 75% in some years. Now, but these are statistics, again, for our modern world, in our, our modern society. In our modern society, if someone isn't in a healthy situation, they can leave. It may be difficult and usually and always, you know, emotionally taxing. There's a lot of emotions involved here. But it's possible. They have options. Historically, this wasn't the case. Divorce was near impossible. I'm, you know, from a a little uh, snippet on the good old Wikipedia. Prior to the latter decades of the 20th century... Divorce was considered to be against the public interest, and civil courts refused to grant a divorce except if one party uh, to the marriage had betrayed the, quote, innocent spouse. Thus, a spouse suing for divorce in most states had to show a, quote, fault, such as abandonment, cruelty, incurable mental illness, or adultery. If an innocent husband and wife wished to separate, or if both were guilty, neither would be allowed to escape the bonds of marriage. So even if they were both amicably be like, yeah, this isn't working out, we need to split up, you know. You know, simply not liking each other wasn't good enough. The state needed, needed in your business. It's like, we don't want to be together. And the state's like, nah, it's okay, you're going to, though. What? Yeah. Yeah. Have fun. Ride this out for 70 more years. Oh, thanks. Yeah, make babies for the, the glory of the state. Oh, God. 
Oh boy, isn't that the truth? It's like, yeah, keep doing it. Fulfill your role. Serve your nation. Now, when you think about it, our modern world really is pretty freaking new. I mean, that was just like a 19... 19 uh, women couldn't vote until like the 1920s. Um, the, uh, the divorce laws and stuff didn't get changed until like the 1960s. That's not that long ago. No. 60 like years. We've been, exactly. Like we've been living through and continue to live through a pretty revolutionary time. Some supporters of the women's rights movements of the early 1900s even thought divorce rights were more important to women than the right to vote. They were very conflicted on this, about which one would better them more. You know what I mean? And you can kind of see both sides. Well, I mean, one's right? more immediate. Right. Yeah, you're out of the situation. You can at least be your own person. I mean, voting is yeah. good too, but right. Especially in a world where, like, they can't vote, so they have to try and, you know, figure out have which agenda people, can, you know, I which, like, ne- yeah. yeah, exactly, right, exactly. Like, I can't vote, but at least I can be my own fucking person. Can I do that? Oh, no, I can't do that either? Oh, thanks, everybody. Oh, and I just was, a, like, 20 years ago, I was just allowed to wear pants and ride a bike. Thanks, everybody. I'm a person. Uh, <laughs> anyways, things have changed. They've gotten, they've progressed. They've gotten better. Mm-hmm. But those debates are only, like, 100 years old, which is still pretty shocking. All right. But even before those stances had any mainstream appeal, what if a woman wanted a divorce but was unable to make it happen due to her husband's wishes, various laws and cultural or religious taboos during the late 1800s or, old, or early 1900s? And what if, just if, someone else had begun tickling her fancy with love and or lust in her heart? She may have decided to act. One woman did. For several nights, she snuck out of her house while her husband slept, and she rendezvoused with her lover. Eventually, her husband became suspicious. He started to suspect she was hiding something from him. So one night, instead of falling asleep or passing out from overindulging in his favorite tonic, now I'm just saying, I wouldn't be surprised if after this gentleman got done working the fields or the factory, or wherever he toiled about his business, he came home, you know, got wasted, passed out. I mean, isn't that what people did over 100 years ago pretty consistently? That's like a thing. I think a lot of, yeah. a lot of the know. drinking going on, you know. That was also part of the, uh, I mean, that was part of the women's rights and prohibition, you know. We've talked about that before. Women, their husbands would come home, be drunk, and beat them. And they were like, maybe we should make alcohol legal so I don't get beaten anymore. Can we do that? And then, of course, that happened and gave rise to organized crime, so... What can you do? Yeah, I mean, prohibition sucks, so. <laughs> well, right, exactly. But, like, you know, if, <laughs> if, your life is, if your life is your husband coming home every day drunk beating you, it's like, well, maybe if I make, he, make sure he can't have any of this alcohol, he won't beat me. I mean, Again, immediate solution, yeah. right? Immediate solution. Like, get this out of here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, wild things. But anyways... Instead of getting smashed, this man, he pretended to pass out. After she, this she, of course, being his wife, crept out of the residence, as she had done many times before, he pursued her into nearby Seedman Park. He must have stayed a ways back, afraid of her discovering she was being trailed, because by the time he caught up with her, she was already occupied with her forbidden friend. They were embracing each other. Pretty, um... 
pretty efficiently. We'll just say it was efficient, you know. Or maybe her husband was just watching from the bushes longer than I initially imagined him to. Because, I mean, I don't know how screwed up he was. There may have been a good reason she started cheating on him to begin with. Anyways, just whatever situation you can imagine about this. Things leading up to where we're going. So he's watching from yeah. the bushes. He she's, sees him hugging. He followed her all the way to the park. Uh, totally enraged and consumed with a hate that fueled his irresponsible and indecent behavior, her husband descended onto the intertwined couple and proceeded to separate them and escalate the confrontation further by pummeling his wife to death. Oh, okay. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Didn't see that one coming. And how it came, it really just kind of, kind of come out there, come out of nowhere, kind of hit you. You know, mm-hmm. Kind of like he, how he hit his wife. Not good. Bad stuff. Not good. Yeah. All right. The adulterer attacked the murderous husband with the veracity of a wild wolverine. I mean, they're in Michigan, so I figured that was appropriate analogy. His blows were met with strikes of equal strength, guaranteeing their mutually assured destruction. So in this brawl, okay. wife was murdered, and due to their injuries, the husband who made himself a widower, and the adulterer, her lover, basically beat each other to death. It is said that the husband, wife, and her lover's bodies were laid to rest in nearby Finlay Cemetery. This is often the legend associated with the origin story of the Ada Witch. Now... Nicole Bray, co-author of Ghosts of Grand Rapids, says of the legend, quote, A married woman was having an affair. According to lore, her husband suspected the infidelity, so one day he decided to follow her into the woods inside Seedman Park. He caught her in a little tryst with her lover, became angry, confronted them, and killed her straight off. With the two men fighting, they ended up causing enough injuries between the both of them that the legend states... They both died as well. So, their literal lover's quarrel is said to haunt the area in perhaps, I mean, this is basically like a ghost echo or a ghost loop with people hearing the sounds of a vicious struggle from inside the woods. Like, they hear people fighting, you know, like men screaming. Um, Perhaps these two men's souls are trapped in an immortal combat and doomed to reenact their final moments for all of eternity. Now, I've also heard, like, coyotes and animals battle. Have you ever either heard these fights outside of, like, a home or oh, yeah. in nature? They're fucking terrifying. Yep. So I would not, oh, I yeah. mean, not that I'm in the middle of the story, so I don't want to try Raccoons, and... Raccoons, ex- too? Yeah. Sounds yeah. bad. Especially when, like, something gets something, too, when you hear something die. Like, oh, God. That thing got a rabbit. Mm-hmm. That coyote got a rabbit. So I'm not going to say some yeah, people rabbits, rabbits scream. It's they don't. Sad. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it's it's not uplifting, right? Yeah, the uh, the death throes of a bunny rabbit when you're trying to fall asleep is very off-putting. Like, oh man, <laughs> and that's when you're reminded the walls around you are what separate humans from what's going on out there. That's not good. Mm-hmm. But it is nature. So my, I'm saying, like, maybe people 
think they're hearing men, but they're actually hearing animals. But the sounds are very different, I would think. You know what I mean? Like a human fight and like animals ripping each other apart. Uh, well, I mean... Again, right, go on, yeah. Back years ago, I was out and about in the neighborhood near where I grew up. Yeah. And at one point we heard like a bunch of, it was, you know, I was probably 13 at the time. Sure. And we heard like a blood curdling scream and it was like the most terrifying thing in the world. Oh and my we were God. like, what the fuck was that? Like scattered everywhere, yeah. like, you know, ran home. And now with uh, years of beyond that and more experience in the woods and everything, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was just a fox screaming because they do gotcha but holy shit was it terrifying like in the moment you're like what is that it's it's scary scary. right especially if you've never heard that before as a child that's fucking terrifying all right um well yeah things like you know foxes and things you know they're hunted and uh this park part of the area and the cemetery at one point well i don't think the actual cemetery because that's gonna be funny i don't think the, the part of the cemetery was open for hunting i think it was the wood <laughs> i think it was the woods around the cemetery maybe, <laughs> and the park uh-huh. you know because then i just pictured hunters looking for deer like hiding behind tombstones and this is a weird environment bullets flying around probably not the best thing to do that probably didn't happen that probably is not what happened um but hunters, when it was open for hunting, um, whatever, the woods and stuff, Hunter is the park. Hunters have claimed to have heard these violent battles and have been tapped on the shoulder. Like they've, you know, only to look around and find out they were all alone, except for perhaps their other hmm. hunting buddies. So kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. No. But what about, these are, that's like kind of what the men are up to. But I mean, there was a crucial character here and it was the woman. It was the wife. Uh, well, meanwhile, the wife herself seems to haunt the surrounding area as a woman in white, or bluish white, depending on the sighting. Now, Julie Wiley described her encounter as follows, quote, I was driving home from work, heading down Bailey Drive. I was coming up the crest of the hill, and all of a sudden, I see a woman sitting in the middle of the street, She had a long, flowing blue dress on. She was sitting there waving her arms, and the words coming out of her mouth to me looked like she was asking, Help me. Help me. End quote. So uh, Julie freaked out and repeated what she saw to her boss, like she rang him up. Uh, Quote, He said, Oh my gosh, you just saw the Ada Witch. It's a thing that people can see. Now, Nicole Bray, who was, you know, co-authoring that book I mentioned, uh, said Ada Witch has been, quote, seen wandering up and down the two-mile road, which is where Finley Cemetery is. She's also been seen along Honey Creek Road, which is where the legend states her body was found, and Conservation Avenue, where hunters claim to have heard footsteps in the woods or are being tapped on the shoulder. But when they turn around, there's nobody there. So, is there any truth to this legend any at all did three murders take place in the small west michigan town just outside of grand rapids well one california-based ghost hunting group believed they had discovered the identity of the ada witch one sarah mcmillan now 
little backstory on how the Ada Witch came to prominence. The story of the Ada Witch uh, picked up steam when the book Haunted Houses of Grand Rapids by Gary Eberly was re-released in 1994. It was originally printed in 1982, just in time to be circulating when the hit film The Blair Witch Project dropped in, I believe, 1999. So, with witches back in season, a... Uh, Hey, have um have we ever told stories where radio stations cause problems by chance? Have we ever addressed that before? They choose uh, to broadcast something to the masses and then they put this idea yeah. into thousands of people's heads. Maybe once or twice, yeah. It's because been a while, the, but yeah, we've it has we've been, right? Yeah. yeah. With Witches Back in Season, a local radio station promoted the story, um, you know, promoting their own local supernatural witch therefore interjecting her back into the cultural consciousness. So, like, it didn't really, this thing wasn't really a thing until that one story got re-released. Radio picks it up, and now all of a sudden everybody is wondering about the Ada Witch. Now, with Sarah McMillan identified as the Ada Witch, people flocked to her grave. And, well, what do you think they did at her grave? Any, uh, you know... They're just they they came there. I mean, it can't be anything good. Yeah, uh, they uh, they base they utterly destroyed it. Not only was this woman's grave obliterated, I mean, she wasn't even the Ada Witch, because um, we'll get into it. But little spoiler alert: there is no documentation or proof that an adulterous triangle exploded into a murder fest within the woods, park, or cemetery in Ada Township. Of uh, of Sarah's tombstone, again, the author, Nicole Bray, says, quote, There's absolutely nothing left. People have vandalized and destroyed the headstone. In 2005, I found on eBay a mention where somebody was selling pieces of the stone, saying, You too can own a piece of the Ada Witch. Oh, that's Jeez. bold. That's bold. Yeah. I had never heard about someone smashing huh. a tombstone and trying to sell it. That seems like something you would use in some kind of a spell if you were an actual witch of some kind, of the nefarious sort. Probably. Yeah, what what ingredient do I need yeah, for this definitely. spell? Oh, just oh, just the smashed remnants of a murdered woman's tombstone. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, I, I I might be able to summon one or two demons with this, maybe. Sure. All right, well, I mentioned the spoiler alert. Sarah McMillan is not actually the Ada Witch because the legend doesn't really check out. But uh, who is Sarah McMillan? Nicole Bray decided to look for some uh, some answers. Quote, I began my research by digging through death ledgers at the Kent County Clerk's Office. Sarah McMillan's maiden name was Chilson, and she was born in New York. We looked at the entire history of Ada from 1850 all the way to 1950, looking for two or three deaths that might coincide with the legend, and none of them did. Uh, There was nobody that died mysteriously or even accidentally within the same day. The closest I found was there were two elderly people who died of accidental deaths a week apart. That was the closest I could find to the legend in a hundred years. Research was kind of tricky because uh, Nicole came across many mistakes in the old records. They weren't the best. 
Quote, her first name is listed as Sally, not Sarah. So that's the biggest reason why none of us have been able to find her. I called Ada Township to confirm all the information I found for Sally, and it completely matched Sarah's information. Another mistake I found is that Sarah's death certificate and her death record wasn't even documented until nine months after her death. Now, after uncovering the truth about Sarah McMillan, Nicole decided to right one wrong caused by the proliferation of the Ada Witch legend. So, uh, quote, I put feelers out to many monument companies. So, she set out to fix this tombstone because it's been obliterated and there's an actual person buried there. Did I, uh, did I skip over? Did I tell you it actually killed Sarah yet by chance? I may have it coming, but I want to make sure I say it. Like, why Sarah actually died. Did I mention it as I was reading by chance? Did you catch it? Uh, I don't think so. I didn't catch it. I sh okay. Um, it might be coming up soon, but I just want, oh, it's coming up in the next next paragraph, so I was jumping ahead of myself. Um, but anyway, she got Jeff Wiltelink, I think, shoot, I hope I pronounced Jeff's name right, from Lowell Granite Company to provide a new headstone for Sarah at no cost. Quote, it's due. Sarah deserves it. I didn't think twice about donating a headstone for this cause, Jeff said, about providing Sarah's grave marker. Quote, we even put on her new headstone, again, this is what she actually died from, because uh, she died of typhoid fever. Uh, Jeff made sure it was extra in the thickness to make sure it was going to be harder to break. Which is a good thing you build a tombstone for. You know, if you're worried about yeah. vandals smashing the tombstone and selling it for witch magic on eBay, you might want it to be able to take a beating. Or just make it Sir so there's more substance. But that's, that's true. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sarah McMillan's yeah, new headstone gonna, was... Maybe he's going to cut... Uh, Sarah McMillan's new headstone was placed on her plot in Finlay Cemetery on Tuesday, October 1st, 2013, which is the year the article um, I am citing was written. Now, I dug around a little bit more about this little local legend of Ada Township, and, you know, I decided to peruse the YouTube, since it's a cemetery that, I mean, it closes after 5 p.m., and you will get, you know, trespassing is not good. People do not want you there after 5 p.m., or they at least want you to tell people, hey, we're going to be here. You know, they don't want any of these surprises. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I perused the YouTube and I came across a YouTube video from a channel called Oddities on Elm Street, where the presenter slash narrator claimed that her sister tried to take a picture of the tombstone with her iPhone, but none of the photos came out. They were covered in like a gray wash. Now, her husband couldn't take a photo either. The presenter was there, so all three of them are there at this point. The presenter was there in the cemetery with them, and she claims to have seen a white figure just outside of her peripheral as they were trying to take these pictures. Um, then, after, you know, her sister and her sister's husband couldn't get these photos, so she decides uh, to try and manages to snag a photo with no problem. Then, looking back at these pictures, the photos picked up two orbs, one that seemed like it was moving with a ghostly-looking trail. And if you, um, later on, if you want to look up this YouTube video, you can watch the video and you can see the photos and see the orbs. Isn't that neat? Hell yeah. They're, they're two glowing, like, golden orbs. And the pictures were mm -hmm. taken at, like, nighttime. So, like, all right. 
Because when she was telling me the story, mm-hmm. telling telling me like it was personally to me when I was talking to her, when I was watching the video, um, she was describing it with all these like daytime like shots and stuff like overlaying, you know, as as her speech was overlaying. So I'm like, oh well, if it's during the day, but like it was at nighttime, so who knows what kind of weirdness was going on with lights? But that's when the orbs were seen. And then um, Scott Perdaris from Thornapple Lawn uh, Care said he always felt a eerie uh, creep, creepy feeling, like somebody was watching him as he had mowed the cemetery lawn, something he had done consistently for like 10 years. When he heard the story, it all made sense to him, those feelings he had. He also says that a flashlight someone had left behind by accident mysteriously turned on. Like one night somebody dropped one, and then they came back to find it, and it was like turned on, but it wasn't. there was no like lights in the cemetery before that, so they don't know how it got mm-hmm. turned on. I mean, Scott thinks maybe it could have been turned on when it was dropped, but they didn't see anything, I guess, that night. There was a reason why it was noteworthy, right. is my point. Right. Uh, so Scott, mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily believe in the story, but it felt like that was what was going on at the cemetery, something eerie, something about the Ada witch haunting made sense to him. So, again, local legend that was proliferated by the um, the radio station from a book that was published in 1982 and then kind of latched in after the Blair Witch Project. And what's tricky is people keep seeing, even though, like, Sarah may not be this woman in white, people keep seeing apparitions all around this little sector of this cemetery and uh, park and the whole kind of, that whole area. Um, Quote, this is again the author, Nicole Bray, I don't think it's ever going to go away, end quote. She believes because people are continuing to witness something along Ada Roads that the Ada Witch legend will continue on. Quote, there's just too many reported cases, she said. Who knows who this apparition could be? And that is the story of the strange haunting of the Ada Township, the Ada Witch. And I mean, that woman was never, they never thought Sarah McMillan was a witch. I mean, I think people just call supernatural women ghosts witches because why not but that was that was the story of the ada witch huh which is this kind of a little little ditty i found which is kind of weird kind of strange one of those things where like there's all these reports saying people see things but tends to be just like apparitions out of the corner of your eye um the yelling the noises that could be from the struggle different spiritual apparitions, again, the orbs, just kind of a weird area, which is like just outside like of Grand Rapids. Repetitive haunting or something. Yes, just exactly. Repeats over and uh-huh. over and over. Uh-huh. And they could be reliving this traumatic event just constantly in loop, stuck forever, which is fucking not great, you know, not a good thing. But they couldn't find any documentation. And there was also, um, I didn't get into it because it takes a little aside, but there was um, different hauntings about, like, Grand Rapids hauntings that could be sort of kind of tied to this to crack it open more. Um, Maybe this story is associated with some of those, like, house hauntings, but, like, that's, like, in Grand Rapids proper, not outside in the Ada Township, Kent County, you know. But 
so the origin of that story is still quite a mystery where it comes from. Huh. But Interesting. it is, a, yeah, it is, a, it is a thing. So, but yeah, the, uh, the Ada, Witch cemetery seems like a nice, I mean, it's an old cemetery. Like the headstones go, the gravestones go back to like the 1700s in Michigan, which I mean, that's pretty fucking old for for, you know, West Michigan. I would think, I didn't think people were too many people were out that far. You know what I mean? Back then. No. Yeah. It was real pioneer shit, you know, pre 1800. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The Ada Witch, people seeing spirits. And if that, if, you know, that isn't the action, I like, I mean, people who just show up and smash a headstone. The new headstone looks nice. It looks nice and classy. It's like a cross next to it, and it's just kind of in the ground. Yeah, you know what kind of juju I'm not going to mess with? What? Is I'm not going to go to a cemetery and smash a headstone. Yeah, isn't that wild? Who does that? What are you doing? Because you know what? I'm not going to mess with it. I'm not going to chance it. Because, no. It seems like you're asking for bad times. Right. And then... What if you smash it and then try to make a profit by selling the stones on eBay? You maniac. That seems even worse. Like, sure, may- maybe say I smash it. You know, I'm not going to try to do turn a profit off it. Right. What? I didn't even, up until I started looking this up, I didn't even know that was a commodity people could sell or buy. Smashed headstones. Me neither. Here you go. I mean, maybe I should just start... That sounds like something you're trying to use in a spell, though. It really does. Like, one pinch of dust from a headstone? Like, Done. Oh, okay. Yeah. How much is that going to cost me? Oh, 35 bucks. Oh, $5 shipping? Nice. That's not bad. Sweet. Steal. Let's yeah, go. Cool. Let's do it. Smash it down. Mix it with some, you know, whatever else tonic. I can find. Yeah, some tonic. Sure. Yeah, sure. And gin. And you, yeah, oh, and then just drink it and give myself an ulcer. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite yeah. the spell. Wow, you perform magic? Yeah, and I gave myself an ulcer. Wow. Cool. Yeah, the spell was <laughs> ulcer. I didn't realize it until I did it. Yeah, then I had to go. Then I had to go to a stomach doctor, which you know is just the doctor. And then yeah. He. <laughs> He told me that what I did was stupid. <laughs> yeah, he was just a farmer, actually. He was like, I kept calling him a ground doctor. <laughs> yeah, he was planting crops. I was wondering why he was a doctor. And then I realized, oh, yeah, he was a ground doctor. Yeah. Science. Yeah, total science. And let's let's just say, you know, not, there's no hauntings. There's nothing supernatural. It is just a story. You know what could wake up a spirit? Smashing their headstone and selling it on the internet. That's not good. Yeah. Then, like, no. is, there, is there a weird uh, connection where, like, since the transaction goes through the internet, does that put the spirit in the internet? And then does the spirit, I'm assuming the spirit Definitely. would be able to, yeah. Yeah, it's just in the internet. That's how you make the ring girl, but through oh a YouTube God. video. Oh my God! No, <laughs> no! 
and just on YouTube, so yep. it's not even a VHS tape. You can just log in and watch it. Oh no, <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, everybody keeps sharing this video, and then they oh. keep dropping dead. I better check it out. Like, oh, it's got over one million. Views. It's got five million views. <laughs> oh my god, this video just killed the whole city. <laughs> killed the state. <laughs> And then, man, imagine being a a woman. I think she was in her 20s when she passed away. I believe that's what I saw on the, the new tombstone they made. Dying of typhoid fever. And then waking up as a ghost in the internet. What happened? <laughs> yeah. What is this? I'm a, I'm a witch? Excuse me? Yeah, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is a Google? What dimension am I in? <laughs> this is screwed up. Wait, is that a group of psychos pounding booze and drinking my tombstone? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? But yeah. What happened? What happened, just in general, what happened to the world? What? But yeah, that was a little shorty, a little slight fright for everybody to... Send into your feed, just a little, you know, naturally, not too much to it beyond what I was telling there, which is why, you know, had a little aside in the beginning to build us to this failed marriage that ended in a double murder, triple murder, actually, technically, because they all three were killed by every each other. Yeah. But yeah, Slight Fright, the Ada Witch. Cool. Yeah. This is a little weird guy. If anybody has uh has been to Ada Township and seen the Ada Witch, you can email us at weirdandfeardpodcast at the gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can support us on the Patreon, listen to some bonus content, bonus episodes. A lot of good stuff going on over there. And just uh show us your support. And leave us a mm-hmm. review. That would be the ultimate way to show support. It's great. Or tell a friend to check us out. That is even more ultimate. That is very ultimate. That's a good one. Yeah. Spread the word. Any of the above. Spread the word like you're spreading a smashed girl's tombstone on eBay. No, maybe not that way. Maybe don't do that. Don't do it that way. Don't do that part. Think of a different solution. Yeah. Not quite. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, you're problem solvers. You got it. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, everybody. It's that time. Stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.